Welcome to your favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Heather. And we have a special monthly bonus episode for you, bookish banter and more. So we'll let you all know about what other books we read this month that we didn't review on the pod and whether or not they're worth reading. And we'll talk about any exciting news from the book world. We'll discuss our other pop culture obsessions aside from books from the past month. And first, let's not forget that we still need our sustenance, even though this is not our normal episode. So I'm switching it up a little bit. Not having a coffee. I'm drinking a red, white, and blueberry cider from the Windridge Cidery. I don't know. It's a hard cider. It's delicious. It's cold. It's fruity, and I love it. Wow, and it's also kind of like a, a foreshadowing what's to come in our next episode. Sure is. It <laughs> sure is. I like that connection you just made. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, you should, maybe you should have saved this for our next one. But I don't know if you want to drink that at ten o'clock in the morning. I mean, YOLO. Probably not. YOLO. Probably not. We're recording this in the nighttime, so that's why we're like, let's get the the good beverages going. Yeah, let's switch it up. So, Heather, what are you and baby drinking tonight? Uh, so baby and I are drinking a mingle sparkling mocktail, which our friend Danielle so graciously gave me so I can pretend that I'm drinking even though I'm not. And it's a blackberry hibiscus bellini. And I can confirm it's delicious. Oh, it sounds so fancy. Mm-hmm. Well, cheers. So, cheers. Delicious. All right. So I'm going to start with my January reads. These yes. are all the books I read besides obviously our review reads. And then I'm just going to simply tell you whether they're worth the read or not. And some of these are going to be unpopular opinions. Because (laughs) I'm starting with The Perfect Marriage, Geneva Rose. It's an eh for me. It's a take it or leave it. I am shocked. Book Talk had me believing that I was ready to just drop everything for this book. Not anything special. I know when you told me you didn't like that book, I was actually shocked because same thing bookstagram loves it oh yeah everyone's like, like one gotta of the most read popular ones last year yeah but i just maybe i'm thrillered out i was just like this is you're trying too hard it was almost mm. like too fast paced interesting yeah i i don't know i just i i wouldn't say don't read it but it wasn't amazing you know yeah i mean to each their own just because exactly. everyone else loves it doesn't mean you're gonna love it Exactly. But obviously, my opinion is superior. Anyway, um, (laughs) um, I read Baby Teeth by Zoe Stage. That's a no for me. There are better creepy kid books that you can select. Um, The Last to Vanish by Megan Miranda, which you lent me. That I really liked. I thought there was a lot going on, but I really enjoyed it and thought it was original. So that's Mm -hmm. a yes for me. I read Womb by Duncan Ralston, which is Possibly the most graphic and gross book I've ever read. Oh, no. It's a no for me. I didn't not like it, but (laughs) I could live without ever reading it. Mm. Um, I read Run on Red by Noelle Illy. I'm not sure how to say her last name. Um, This one was good. If you like claustrophobic thrillers, kidnapping thrillers, it was definitely good. Uh, I read Sour Candy, which is a very short novella a little horror novella about a demon child. So that one was pretty good. And it was a super quick read. It was like 95 pages. Oh, nice. I read Any Man by Amber Tamblyn. This is a yes, definitely yes. It's rape culture from the man's perspective, which 
if anyone listened to our luckiest girl alive episode we have opinions on rape we culture, do have opinions so, yes that's so, true so that was a must for me uh the silent woods by kimmy cunningham grant this was such so good i didn't think it was particularly thrilling like everyone said it was like this crazy thriller i just thought it was such a good story and it was all about nature and it just it had a lot of good imagery in it i promise i'm almost done uh (laughs) the lies i tell julie clark loved 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 absolutely loved it this one definite yes everyone has to read it it's about a female vigilante who just gives men what they deserve enough said and that brings (laughs) me to they never learn by lane fargo which is also a yes because it's also about a female vigilante getting revenge on men who are trash so what can I say? I have I have a certain theme. You do. I have I like what I like. You, know you what do I mean? like what you like. <laughs> You're never gonna be surprised by your book choices. Exactly. It's either very <laughs> graphic horror, rape culture, or, or demon babies. Yes, yes. You know, you have a thing I, I like for demon babies. Listen, there's a reason <laughs> that I am child free by choice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> true 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 let's hope my baby doesn't come out a demon well i'll be an expert on it so i'll be able to tell you <laughs> true so maybe it's good maybe it's good that you're educating Wait, yourself Wait, on I'm all these novels research. you're doing, doing research, research for me for yeah so uh you're welcome in advance perfect now, i love it please tell us what you read this month all right so my list is not as extensive as yours but that's fine Everyone reads at their own pace. There's no, there's no award here for whoever reads the most. I just, I just went off. Okay, no, the you holidays did. were That's over. That's fine. I went yeah, off. exactly. I'm <laughs> jealous that you're able to read as much as you did. The thing for me is that the pregnancy exhaustion is taking over my life, so I didn't read as much as I normally do because I legitimately could not focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, aside from our rereads or books that we read for the podcast, I read a total of five books. Four I actually finished. One was my first ever Do Not Finish, which I will get into that. So the first book that I read in January was Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. And yes, I recommend. I definitely recommend. We like Colleen Hoover on this podcast. I read The Rewind by Allison Wynn Scotch, which was a romance novel. And for me, that's also a take or leave it. It it takes place in one time frame and it kind of drags. So it's it's if you want something to read that's a cute read i would suggest but i wouldn't put up top of your priority uh twisted games by which i did not i meant to look up the pronunciation of her last name and i forgot because she's asian american and i don't want to butcher it but her first name is anna and i think her last name might be huang or i'm not very sure but she it's this is a romance another romance novel clearly i have a theme and yes i recommend it's a cute little royal romance with some steaminess we like a little spice sure do (laughs) and then i read no exit by taylor adams which is a thriller novel uh that is my worst nightmare and i don't ever want to experience what happens in this book and yes i recommend so i recommend that one so for my do not finish it was a thriller novel like a sister by kelly garrett and i couldn't do it i couldn't do it it was boring. I only got like 70 pages in and there was oh. no, there was no, it wasn't doing anything for me. That's but brutal. What really made me not be able to get through it is that 
every couple of pages, the main character of the book would think of a word to herself, and it was shit nuts. And this word appeared, shit nuts. And this word, yeah, yeah, shit nuts. And it just appeared, I kid you not, like every 10 pages. And I'm like, I can't um, do this. I can't read this. What is the definition of of shit nuts? (laughs) I don't know. So if something happened or she said something maybe she didn't want to say or she learned something that she didn't think, her inner reaction, her inner monologue would be shit nuts. So like instead of shit, she said shit nuts. Shit nuts. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm I'm on your side. Yeah. I totally get it. I know. And I was, you know, I (laughs) – I always try to give books about it. I'm a, I constantly push myself to finish books, even if I don't like them. And I'm trying to stop that this year. I don't want mm-hmm. to force myself to read something I don't enjoy because why? Because everyone There's else liked it. Good books. Or yeah. So if I'm starting this new thing in 2023, where if I can't get into a book, I'm just not going to finish it. I'm not going to force myself to read something that doesn't hold my interest. Yeah. No, I agree. So. There's, there's too too many books to choose from to waste time on one that you don't like. Yeah. But uh, you should share how you've been choosing books to read since you have so many on your TBR card. <laughs> yes. So I was using uh, actually an app that we use for our book club, but I stopped that because it was actually too much work. And so, <laughs> and it just wasn't, it didn't look cute. So I actually, instead, I, we have a lot of jars in this house. So I wrote it all on a piece of paper and I put it into a jar. And now I pick it out of a jar. And now my husband is going to do the same exact thing for his TBR. I have inspired him. And of course, he's making me write all his books down because I have the nicer handwriting. Of course. <laughs> but now he but has a book thing. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Yes. Because sometimes it's just, it's too hard to choose. And I don't know what I'm in the mood for. It's, I, think I know. It's a great and, idea. Yeah. So and I had 56 books. So I just picked my one for, which I won't talk about until February because I'm not going to finish it before. Actually, no, I'm not going to finish it before February February starts. So it'll be my new way of doing it. And I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, And then we'll also be posting these books on our social medias in case anyone wants to refer back to the ones that Mm -hmm. we recommended. Um, There's also a couple anticipated book releases for January. So How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix, um, which... We will be reviewing some books by Grady Hendrix. I've read a couple by him. And this one seems really good. And it's obviously, you know, highly anticipated because he's super big, especially on Book Talk right now. And then the other one is Spare, Prince Harry's. What is it? A, a biography? What is it? <laughs> Did you it's listen not a memoir he's to alive. the podcast about it? That because I know you listen to that celebrity memoir podcast. I don't listen to it, but I know. And I think they did an episode about him. Well, I list. I saw their videos on TikTok where they do like snippets okay. of their reviews, yeah. and my God, that's okay. I I don't have that much vested interest in the royal family and like their gossip stuff. Like I'm here for the drama, but just the fact of how much drama this man is creating, <laughs> I'm like, I want to read this. Like this sounds juicy. I agree. So I don't know. We we might have to talk about it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I don't really read memoirs that often. Uh, we're gonna do a we're gonna do one later this year on, on on a popular one that came out last year. But I was I like literally couldn't believe some of the stuff I was seeing. Like people were like, he's gone psychotic almost. Yeah, you know, like he's just he's blown shit up from the inside. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know how he's going to come back from this. But, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've heard, a lot of it is has nuggets of truth. So I, I bet it does. I really bet it does. I just can't believe because what he can't take it back now. So no, it's, it's really out there chose, now. Yeah, he chose his path and he said, I'm going with it. So yeah, good for it's, him. It's written. You can't get rid of that. Yeah. You can't delete that once it's written. He said, I lost that royal money. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta supplement I gotta make my, my own income. money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make my wife start acting again or something. Who knows? Oh my gosh! Remember when she was on Deal or No Deal? That's my favorite thing in the world. Oh my god, I forgot <laughs> about one that. Of the suitcase girls. <laughs> I forgot. I mean, she yeah. was really good on the show Suits. I have to say. I mean, she missed her calling, but now she's an ex princess. So I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, any other? books that came out in january that we're looking forward to not that i was i know in okay. february there's like one or two that are coming out because i thought there was one that i was really excited about that was coming out this month but it's actually next month so okay my bad all right so let's move on to our book news we're gonna have a theme tonight <laughs> and the theme <laughs> you guessed it it's colleen hoover no okay. shocker <laughs> so let's start with Colleen Hoover's coloring book based on It Ends With Us. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything with the book because we're definitely going to cover it. But if you look up the trigger warnings, you can clearly see that there are themes of physical abuse in the book. Mm -hmm. So people were not happy that they were basically turning this dark ass book into something as lighthearted and clearly profitable as a coloring book. So before we get into Colleen's response, and the controversy of it all. What do you think? Do you think, do you agree that this is a problematic coloring book? Or what do you think? Can I be fully transparent? Please do. Always. I could care less. I didn't see anything wrong with it. People were, I actually have barely even researched it. I was like, cool, Kelsey's gonna look into this. And I'm gonna learn all about it. Because I was like, oh, cool, she made a coloring book. Well, I kind of was like, mm-hmm. not like, oh, cool. I was like, weird, actually. But I was like, mm-hmm. all right, like, whatever. This is what authors do. Once you become a big author and you have this huge following, you start to create things. Like they have Harry Potter coloring books. Like they have this is just this is just the trend. Yeah. This is what happens when you become a very successful author and you're she is now definitely considered a big name author. Yeah, absolutely. So I do think it's a weird choice just yes. because the theme of that book is so heavy. But I think but exactly I guess, like you said. But I guess I could see because the themes are so heavy. This is maybe I know for some people coloring is a stress release. Yep. Yeah. A it's a mental technique. health thing. Yeah. So for people that maybe it means it was potentially maybe her reasoning or her reason for doing it was a way for, you know, abuse victims or anyone. It's just because it's such a calming thing that it it correlates yeah. with the book and it's kind of like a a, a, a relief thing. Wow, that's actually a really good point. And I did not even think about it like that. That was just, that's where my mind would go when you yeah. bring up the traumatic themes that are in the book. Yeah. No, that that's very true because, like you said, it is a calming thing. Sometimes it's a therapeutic technique, it's a way for people to relax. Like, yeah, I, like I, totally I started, that. I started coloring during COVID because it was something oh, to yeah. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I, I get it in a sense. Yeah. So I don't have an issue with the coloring book. I think the problem is how she responded. So cool. I don't know. this. I'm ready. Yeah. So she posted, at least on her Instagram story, I don't know where else she posted this, but she said, I quote, 
The coloring book was developed with Lily's strength in mind, but I can absolutely see how this was tone deaf. I hear you guys and I agree with you. No excuses, no finger pointing. I have contacted the publisher to let them know I would prefer we don't move forward with it. Thank you for the respect, respectful discourse and accountability. Nothing but love. So first and foremost, she explains that the idea of the strength behind it and how that can be beautiful, which I totally get. Mm-hmm. But the problem with her response was the use of the word tone deaf. Yeah. And that's why it's really been blowing up all over TikTok because that's clearly an ableist word. Mm-hmm. And there were so many other words that she could have used. I I don't think she meant it in a derogatory way at all. I don't think she is insinuating that people with disabilities are less than, but when you are that popular and when you have this growing popularity and when you are blowing up so quickly, you do need to take a step back and say, I have to look at my words because tone deaf is just not the first thing that would personally come to my mind. And I'm not saying that like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I never make ableist comments because I know that I do, but there's just so many other things she could have said. Like she could have, she could have said, you know, I, I wasn't looking at the big picture. I didn't understand how it might affect some people. Like, it's just a very strange word for her to use in mm-hmm. that statement. Yeah. So I, I do get why people are upset about that. I think that she has a responsibility to make sure that she's not hurting a large part of the community, especially the social media community, who is essentially responsible for this growing fame that she has Mm -hmm. because you know she would she would still be a successful author but she sure as shit wouldn't be getting a movie like this without the recent publicity that she's gotten you know what i mean no and one thing i've learned recently actually too on bookstagram is that there actually is a pretty big divide on colleen hoover she you're either a fan of her or you don't like her at all Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I did see a couple like problematic things, which I'm not going to get into, but I was so I, I can understand like why people might not like her as an author. So I'm sure that when this coloring book came out, it was kind of an easy thing for her attackers to grasp on and yeah. cause this yeah. huge ruckus. So, but that's what happens. People get popular and then either people like you or they don't like you. And then yeah. they research you in your life and they find one thing that maybe happen in your past and it becomes this it becomes your only attribute. Yeah. And that's why like I I don't think the coloring book is the issue and I think that she's always going to have her critics because of that reason. And we talked mm-hmm. about it in our Verity episode like yeah. some people are never going to respect her as an author Mm-mm. and some people are never going to like her, but the biggest issue is just her use of that word and just the like not acknowledging that that's a large group of people. I mean, it's basically a slur to, you know, disabled people. So it's it like, is. It, it's something that that's the real issue. So now we took something that shouldn't have been an issue, which is a freaking coloring book. <laughs> and now it's an issue of people can point to her and say that she, you know, doesn't care about disabled people, that she uses ableist language and all these things. It just snowballs. So that's why I think it's just, She's always going to have the people who are going to hate on her, obviously. I mm-hmm. think that was a, a big misstep, and I think she did mess up. But as far as I know, she hasn't responded to the community after that. 
and, you know, apologize for her use of that word, or maybe she did usher an apology, but it was nothing that I saw that made it okay. You know what I mean? So, so there's definitely still some heat on her, but like, you know, like we said, there's always going to be people who aren't going to like her anyway. doesn't matter how good her apology is. Some people are never going to accept it anyway. So, Mm -hmm. so she just has to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got some other big stuff going on to distract her. I so, know. I was super excited. <laughs> yeah, I was super excited when I logged on. When I went on, I saw, I was like, oh, Colleen Hoover posted like a new reel on Instagram. And it's about the movie casting for It Ends With Us. And she somehow got lucky enough to got, to got, she got, oh my God, <laughs> to get Blake fucking Lively to Ugh. play Lily Bloom. Are I you cannot. kidding me? The queen, the one woman who is married to the man that I am so jealous of. Okay. Oh my gosh. She has the actual perfect husband. Mm-hmm. She has so many children with him. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, she's a gem. She's a total gem. Love everything about her. So I am very, very excited that she's in this movie. So excited. I am very excited. And then Ryle is going to be played by Justin Baldoni, who's also directing it, which I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I have seen him act because I did watch like the first two seasons of Jane the Virgin. So okay. that's what I know him from, which he actually also put out like a memoir book this past year. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a memoir book or what it is per se, but I've seen people posting about it on Bookstagram. Yeah. He also okay. put out a book last year. So I'm interested okay. in seeing what that's about. But she, it was actually a pretty emotional video for Colleen Hoover herself because she actually went to the house that she grew up in with her, you know, her mom and her sister after her mom saved them from like her abusive father. So that was kind of cool to do, to do her announcement there. But she said she's going to try to like sneak pictures of the set and stuff. So if there's any updates over the next couple of months, we can talk about them at the end of these episodes, but I'm excited. I like the book. I really enjoyed the book. We're going to actually talk about the book later this year. Like I said, so yeah, but I'm wondering I, who's going to be Atlas. I can't wait for that casting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited for that too. I'm. I just. I never would have picked Blake Lively in my head, but I know that she can literally play any character. Like she's been in every single type of movie. She has so mm-hmm. much range. She does. So she's going to be amazing in it. But I also am really happy that she's such a big name because. A movie with such powerful themes like that can very easily be done poorly Mm -hmm. and be done tastelessly. So I think the fact that obviously they have a big budget for this movie, obviously, you know, they're they're putting a lot into it. I think that that is very promising and it makes me more excited than I was before. Yeah, I agree. She's a really good actress. Yeah. So and I think I think she's going to do great. Yeah. And like, that's, it's just so, like you said, that it was emotional for her. Like, it's just so cool yeah. that she was able to do that. And Yeah, and it's, it's just, I like when authors take a, a story from their life and loosely base books on it, because it gives mm-hmm. you, it gives you that pers- something from their perspective, and you get to kind of see a little bit of what their life was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and we, we talked about it with Jessica Knoll a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just that vulnerability that it takes to really put it out there. It's not just talking about your perfect life. It's talking about something horrible from your yeah. past. And you're literally opening yourself up for the world to criticize. So e- even that on top of 
all the controversy is like a whole nother layer to it. It's like this book is so dear to her and like so she connects with it so deeply that Mm -hmm. the the criticism of it has to hurt even more. You know what I mean? I know. But it's – let's be honest. I feel like any any kind of artist, musician, painter, author, you know, director, screenwriter, your best work comes from your most traumatic events. Oh, yeah. Trauma – Trauma just gives you pain, but then gives you such beautiful things that you can create, which is so fucked up. Look at us out here, (laughs) living our best lives from our trauma. Hello. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally agree. Yeah. Because it's so, you can sense how deep it is and how real it is and how, Mm -hmm. like, just when you're reading, you know when an author has poured their whole heart out into it. Yeah. And it's just, it's nice to see that they grew from the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was so poetic and beautiful. Wow. Look out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So this is not a Colleen Hoover podcast, I swear. Um, so let's talk about, oh, first I have a little catch up corner. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about Luckiest Girl Alive. I mentioned it a couple times, but I recently saw on Jessica Knoll's TikTok, she was posting about her cameo in Luckiest Girl Alive, which we completely missed. Yes. I I did not know she was in it even when I was, you know, researching. I mean, I was mostly researching the book and not the mm-hmm. movie, but but she posted about how excited she was to have a part in it. And she had a role. She was just like in the elevator with Ani and one of the other uh, women from the newspaper when they were having a conversation, she's just like standing in the corner of the elevator, but she has a magazine in her hand from that year that had on the cover, it had like the most powerful women of the year. So it was all like very thought out and it was all, it was just super cool. Like she, you could tell she was so excited to be a mm-hmm. part of it, even though it's literally her creation. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I just thought that was really cool. So if you don't follow her on TikTok, go follow her on TikTok. I also like love like how excited she was that she like got a photo with Mila Kunis. I'm like, I would be too. Oh my gosh. That, that's what I'm The dream. Saying. Like, like, I can't. Je- Jessica Noel got Mila Kunis. <laughs> Colleen Hoover got, Hoover Blake, got Lively. Blake Lively. <laughs> what is happening? Oh man, the dream Life team. is not fair. It's not at all. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about our other pop culture obsessions. For our listeners who don't read quite as much as we do, and also because we love trashy TV. Obviously. Yeah. Not only are we binge readers, but we're binge TV watchers. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know where we find the time, Me but either. we find the time. <laughs> okay, so recent TV, I know that we are both going to talk about Traitors. So good. No spoilers, but Traitors on what's Peacock. On? Peacock. Watch the whole season. It's a bunch of reality TV stars, mostly from like Bravo shows, Big Brother, Survivor, Survivor. Um, and they are competing for money. And there's secret traitors among them who have to convince the others that they're loyals, faithfuls, whatever they're called. No, I know. Whatever. It's great. No, I'm just I'm thinking because my favorite part about the show is that the amazing Alan Cumming is the host and he has this adorable scottish accent 
And when he says murder, it's he's like, murder. murder. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. I'm like, I love everything about this. And I made. <laughs> the whole thing is taped in a castle. It's literally in a castle. The, I, which which is, makes me laugh because Alan is coming. Is like, welcome to my huge Scotland castle that is definitely mine and not production's castle. It is my mm-hmm. castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, damn straight. You tell them that it's your castle. <laughs> I love it. it that, that show is so much better than I thought it was going to be. It was I really it was good. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a little cheesy at first, but I thought it was. No. Awesome. It, was it was a really well done reality competition show. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What other TV binges did you do this month? I binged Wednesday on Netflix, which was fucking phenomenal. Ugh. I literally watched it all in 24 hours. Like oh during gosh. the week, during a work week, I binged the show. How I did it, I don't know. But <laughs> it was awesome. so, so good. Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams was legitimately chef's kiss. She Obsessed was with her. phenomenal. And she did all these interviews and she did everything herself. She learned the cello. She learned how to fence. Like she literally took this character and everything this character did, she learned how to do. And I was like, that's amazing. That's really you cool. Know? That's really cool. And she's so up and coming. Like she's, mm-hmm. she's awesome. I really love her. Yeah. So it's definitely highly recommend if you haven't watched it yet. I also binged um, Abbott Elementary. Because it won all these awards and I've been wanting to watch it. So I finally was like, I'm going to bite the bullet and watch it. Quinta Brunson created this phenomenal Philadelphia Elementary TV show. Highly recommend. It's hilarious. The pop cultural references in Albert Elementary are so good. Love. I just, okay. I can't. They did like a Stranger Things reference in the most recent episode and I was dying. I'm like, yes, I'm like, give it to me. Like, give me all the <laughs> pop culture references. But highly recommend, highly recommend that as well. It was, it's a very funny show. There is one whole season and which is only like 13, 14 episodes. They're not, there's not many. And okay. then season two, I think they're up to like 13 episodes right now. And, and it's on Hulu. Platform? That's how I'm watching Hulu. it on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I watched Kaleidoscope, which has been mm-hmm. making its rounds on the internet. That's a Netflix show that doesn't have, I think it's only like eight episodes or something. It's, it's not that I think long. So. Um, but everyone has, if you haven't heard about it, everyone has their own viewing experience. So you just log into your Netflix and everyone's Netflix. I mean, not everyone, there's only so many combinations, but you log into your Netflix and it puts it in a certain order. So like if I log into my Netflix and Heather logs into hers, they might be two completely different orders to watch it in, but everyone watches the same episode last. Um, I'm not usually into heist or action stuff. I did really like it. There was some parts that were like super cheesy and I did see how they were setting it up for a second season. There was a lot of cliffhangers at the end, but I did end up liking it. I I was, it was a lot of story to follow, but I just thought the idea of like being able to watch it in any order was really cool. Mm -hmm. So I recommend it, especially if you're into action type stuff. Um, and then I just watched Circle season four. I know that I'm a season behind. Oh yes, I get I it. that too. No season spoilers. Five, <laughs> yes, I, I just started season five. No spoilers, but season four was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. So if you're not watching the circle, you're messing up. Um, other than that, I mean, we're watching our normal and Bachelor shows. Is oh. Back our favorite stupid reality dating show that i punished myself with because i can't not watch it i can't not watch it and i i was i was talking a lot of crap about it last week when you and i were 
talking about whether we're going to watch it. But I forgot (laughs) that the first night episode is the best episode Mm -hmm. because it's so funny. Like everyone is crying. Everyone is forcefully making out with the bachelor who is possibly the most boring bachelor. Well, my favorite. Uh, Oh my God. uh, Well, I don't know. We'll see. But I was like, this bro is kissing everybody. Oh, he's kissing everybody. He was playing spin the <laughs> on bottle. the first night. I mean, like yeah. I know, obviously, you're gonna kiss one or two girls, it, or or a girl's gonna kiss one or two guys. Like it happens. But I follow Bachelor data on Instagram, and she does all mm-hmm. these cool charts <laughs> yes. and everything. I saw her chart, and she she showed that Zach kissed. The, he's he has kissed the most girls out of any of the bachelors on the first yeah. night. Yeah. And my favorite is I sent it to my husband because Eric also watches The Bachelor because why? I don't know. He also likes to torture himself, I guess. But yeah. I was like, I was like, Zach's a little hoe. And then Eric <laughs> writes back, can't make a husband out of a hoe. <laughs> it was <dying. laughs> That's incredible. And then when he kissed that girl, when she got out of the limo. Immediately. I mean, he did meet her on After the Final Rose. But still, and he probably like, no. He uh, kissed her. He kissed her because he feels bad that he forgot her name on live TV. Yeah, he was like, "Remember that." To end, he like created a not common name, even though she has a common name. That was so weird. It was know. so weird. I don't understand, Zach. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that many opinions yet that are positive. So we'll <laughs> see if that changes. Yeah, over the season. But I mean, you know, it looks like the huge. Lots of crying. Lots of drama, tears from the man, a proposal, whatever. The usual. I know. If there's one thing that you and I love, it's dating shows. So if, yes. if it's out there, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Like now we're watching Are You the One, which is now mm-hmm. on Paramount Plus. There's two episodes out of that. It's terrible. It's so good. Oh, so uh, good. So terrible. In pop culture news, Netflix is coming out with a new dating competition show with all Netflix reality contestants like show contestants so like 40 people on the show there's love is blind people there's uh that other show too hot to handle too hot to handle what was the other one Uh, oh my gosh that nick and vanessa um ultimatum zay (gasps) ultimatum ultimatum is on it yeah there's other reality shows the circle people from the circle are on there yeah it's Mm -hmm. The Mole, which we watched, too. Yes. Yeah. There's people from... It's just like a rambunctious bag of all these Netflix reality contestants that are now on a dating show. And yeah. I literally screamed when I saw The Real and I sent it to Kelsey I'm and I was so like... i <laughs> <laughs> It also... It seems like it's going to be a better version of what they were trying to do with All-Star Shore. Yeah, probably. Where they like brought Which I never finished. Yeah, yeah it, it was so cheesy. But this, like, I am living for it, especially mm-hmm. because they picked the messiest people. Like, oh, Bartiz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me see this man. Let let me see this Shane. man. Shane? It, oh, let me it's see gonna this be, man in a bar somewhere. Oh, no. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so good and so bad. <laughs> so oh, I can't wait to talk about that once it starts. I know. <laughs> you know. We'll I think it comes that. out on Valentine's Day, if I remember correctly. Wow. I think wow. it comes out on Valentine's Day. Romance is not dead. Let's mm. just say that about Netflix, okay? <laughs> no. They love they love love on that show or on they that love platform. Love. Mm-hmm. They love love on Too Hot to Handle. Oh my god. Yeah. Um okay, what about podcasts? Any I that you're raving about lately? 
A new one that I started listening to is Broad Ideas with uh, Rachel Bilson. Okay. Because I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is pretty good. I just started recently listening to that. And I love Sounds Like a Cult, which I got yeah. you hooked on. Oh, my gosh. You got me totally hooked on that. I've listened to almost every episode. Some of them are very triggering, as you know, because <laughs> you've been triggered by some of them, too. I was... Tr- I was- mentally and emotionally triggered by the cult of apple because oh i am gosh. such an apple freak yeah and some of the some of the cults are very dark i listened to the one on the troubled teen industry oh my gosh tragic dark awful but but it's an awesome podcast they do really good work yeah. and they are very open about the fact that they're not experts so they're you know just like giving you the overview and telling you the good and the bad which mm-hmm. i really like yeah, I agree. And then um, I also listen to on the Ringer Reality TV Network. They have like they do a whole bunch of different podcasts that are all based on reality TV. Oh. And Johnny Bananas podcast is on oh. there. So I listen to his challenge re- recap podcast. I didn't then, know that was a thing. Well, Tyson also has a podcast on the same network when Survivor is on, and mm. he does the Survivor recap. So that's how I found it, and. I mean, there's a lot of good podcasts. There's there's some shows that I don't watch, like some uh, Bravo shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they have pretty much any reality TV that you're looking for. They have a show for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, and I I listen to that one on Spotify. So I've been I do some on Apple and I do some on Spotify, but I've been slowly moving myself over to Spotify. Yeah, because I really like Armchair Expert, and that's only on Spotify. That's the only platform okay. he has his podcast on. So he he like cut a deal with them like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, but it's easier to have them all in one spot. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Any other pop culture obsessions or news that we need to go over? Eric and I really like that movie, The Menu, that came out. That's on HBO Max. What is that about? It's so it's considered a horror film. And I, I guess it is. It's not the typical horror film that I think about, but it has it has uh, Anya Taylor-Joy in it. And it's about this chef that invites all these terrible people to a restaurant to like serve to basically serve them like one last meal, but they don't know it's their last meal. <gasps> and it's this whole thing. And it's it's like a psychological horror. Wait, I love this. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. We really like it. Sounds it. like my mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely not scary. And it's mm-hmm. not very gory or murdery but okay. it's it's good i liked it okay there's a scene right. that involves a burger and it is the best scene of the movie and you'll understand why when you watch it okay i'm definitely gonna watch that because that sounds mm-hmm. like my kind of thing yeah a psychological horror for sure yeah i haven't really been watching movies lately i've been slowly getting myself i used to be a huge huge movie buff and I've been slowly getting myself back into watching movies. Like we watched yeah. a bunch over Christmas and it's been, I'm like, now I'm kind of like, oh, I got to get back into this, which I'm really yeah. excited. Actually, wait, no, there is no news because Netflix is also coming out with a new romance movie, which we'll probably talk about next month with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. And I'm <gasps> dying. Yes. <laughs> I have I wanted. Oh my God. There is not, there have not been any good rom-coms in so goddamn long. And, and Ashton Kutcher is the underrated rom-com king. Listen, so, and her, like, him and Reese Witherspoon, they had the best rom-coms in the early 2000s. Oh, okay? my God. Okay. Reese like, Witherspoon, Ashton, I mean, come on. 
Ashton Kutcher had just married. He had Love no it. strings attached. Reese Love Witherspoon it. had This Means War, you know, Sweet Home Alabama. Like, don't get me started. Like, rom-coms well, in the early 2000s I, were my jam. I just love Reese 2000s. Witherspoon mm-hmm. and everything that she does. So I'm just very excited. That That's going to be a good one. Yes. And actually, I'm, as I'm talking about things, I'm thinking of things that are happening. Daisy Jones <laughs> and the Six series is starting yes. in March. And that's okay. Taylor Jenkins Reed's book, which was phenomenal. So, I'm, And Reese Witherspoon's production company is backing it. They're the ones that created okay. it. So I'm really excited because anything she does is usually amazing. Yeah, I think I she the trailers have started coming out. And that mm-hmm. was one of her um, her book club picks too, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm I actually not. I think so. I think it was actually. It was good. I I loved it. I read it last. I read it last year. It was okay. really good. So I'm really excited about the show, and I think that's going to be on Amazon Prime. Okay. Oh, so many that we're going to have to talk about. I know after they actually <laughs> air. Things are popping <laughs> up into my head. I'm like, oh wait, oh my god, wait, this and that. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, and then they released all the upcoming horror movies for 2023, but most of them didn't have release dates as far as like months. But I'm. So excited because Scream Six is coming out. Uh huh. Get me started. Have oh you gosh. watched Megan yet? No. They're making a sequel. Oh, already? They're gonna make a sequel. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you watch it? No. <laughs> I'm. First of all, I'm terrified of robots. Yeah. And you already know I'm terrified of children. So I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch. But it, it has like good reviews. Like people ate it up. I'm gonna have to watch it like at nine in the morning you are it's gonna have to be like a daytime horror film (laughs) i'm like i love horror movies but not when it's about a robot child i can't do it all Mm -hmm. right but now i have to watch it because if they're coming out with a sequel i can't be left out yes (laughs) anyways (laughs) moving on sorry next month we're talking about megan i know (laughs) (laughs) okay so now we are going to move to our book question had this great idea for us to each ask each other a book themed question and it's going to be we don't know what each other's questions are nope. so these answers are going to be on the spot on the spot <laughs> might make I'm, no sense <laughs> i'm gonna regret my answer i already know it i'm gonna be i'm gonna be texting heather later like oh my gosh i had a perfect answer for that question and i messed <laughs> yep. it up <laughs> but that's fine, okay? Mine is an easy one, so cool, cool. So you're gonna do fine. All, All right. right. So mine, what is your Hogwarts house? Oh. And explain why. And okay, you want me to go first, or you want to go first? I thought I would go first, then you would do All right, yours. Go ahead, go ahead. So I, growing up, I always thought it was Gryffindor, but as I've gotten older, I'm 100 percent a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I, like I am wants to be a Gryffindor. I am a hunt because exactly I want to be a Gryffindor because I'm like oh I want to be brave and I want to you know Hermione Granger was the epitome of who I wanted to be mm-hmm. and but mm-hmm. as I grew got older I was like no I'm definitely I'm a nerd I'm like a I'm like a fun happy nerd I'm like I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> All right, so let's um let's just say Hufflepuff characteristics: justice, loyalty patience and a propensity for hard work so Mm -hmm. tell me which one of these resonate with you the most probably the propensity for hard work so if there's one thing i do it's overwork myself in every single aspect of my life (laughs) hence the fact that you're like i'm pregnant and tired but i worked a full work week we're recording our podcast we watched 30 different tv shows 20 movies i've read seven books yeah yeah reading the books 
It's I mean, luckily, it's been like a lull right now in the jam business. But come springtime, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I yeah. don't. I'm going to be a. I don't even know how I'm going to survive, but I'll get through it. All right, I, th- I think that's pretty accurate. I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely see your your huffly puff. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is going to come as a big shocker. It's not, but go ahead. I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Woo! Surprise! Oh, Can you see my face? I'm shocked. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, so even though Slytherins get a bad rap. Mm. Their main traits are ambition, cunning, mm-hmm. and pride. And while I am not the type of person to do anything to get ahead, I am very resourceful and I have a lot of self-assurance. Cue the hair flip. Absolutely. Plus, I do have that little dark side that yeah. doesn't care about people pleasing to hold mm-hmm. me back. So I also just don't see how I, like, I am not brave like a Gryffindor. I'm not <laughs> smart enough to be a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I don't have undeterred loyalty of a Hufflepuff. Yeah. And I have a dark mark tattoo. So you're obviously. <laughs> so I told you the question. A Slytherin. <laughs> Slytherin through and through. Oh gosh. Okay. Which like, so... you know, it's fine. Cause like, wasn't Snape a Slytherin? So like, and he was like. Don't talk to me about Snape. I'm not on the Snape train. I'm not on the Snape train. Well, oh. we'll get into it. <laughs> We'll get into it because you know that on this podcast, we're going to be covering all of the Harry Potter books in due time. Yeah. So don't get me started right now. Okay. okay? I won't. Thank you. Thank what about you. Bellatrix? Bellatrix is a bad bitch. But, <laughs> but Molly Weasley is the real bad bitch. She is. She said, not Absolutely. my daughter. And uh-huh. Iconic. The most iconic. Iconic. She's a queen. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for the month of January, we read thriller novels. So, my question for you is, if you were a character in a thriller novel, what would you want your role to be? Okay. This is unfair because (laughs) I just finished two (laughs) back-to-back thrillers about female vigilantes Mm -hmm. who target... They didn't just target men because whatever, hashtag not all men, but... They targeted trash men, okay? One of the books, they targeted rapists. The other book, they targeted, okay, also rapists. There's <laughs> there's just a theme of targeting rapists. But anyway, so obviously, I'm going to be the female vigilante. And the reason that females get away with that revenge is because we're patient. We're more patient than men. Men act on their you know, emotions, mm-hmm. because even though we're the emotional ones, end quote, <laughs> but we have patience, we we stake out a man, we learn their ways, and then we take them down. And that's, that's who I would be. That was, you that would was definitely be the lead of a thriller novel. I would, ha- I would have to be, I would have to be, I gotta take, but only as the villain. <laughs> only if the thriller is from the villain's point of view. Yeah, exactly. The Slytherin's point of view. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, what's what's yours? I think mine would be someone that works in like the forensic part of the the crime scene people. Oh. Cuz that was always my dream job mm-hmm. growing up. I used to be obsessed with the show Bones that was on fox and mm-hmm. i would just want to be like the nerd in the lab and that's like finding the stuff that breaks yes. the case oh yeah oh yeah and they're i love how they're always written as like super not impatient but like 
they don't have time for your dumb questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you the information you need to know. Don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Straight to the point. Got to get back to work. Yeah. I could see that. I like mm-hmm. that. And that's a, the most fascinating job. See, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. You are a Hufflepuff. <laughs> You're a Hufflepuff. It's true. <laughs> Our questions are intertwining with each other. <laughs> they really, really are. <laughs> All right. So... I guess that's all we have for you this yeah. month for your bonus episode. Um, you'll find us this Thursday talking about our next read, mm-hmm. Red, White, and Royal Blue. So tune in. You're going to love it. We have a lot to say. So you don't want to Yeah, it's going it. to be a good, long it's gonna episode. Be good yeah. I have make, so much to talk about. <laughs> make sure you read the book. You might need a little extra time. It's a long yeah. one, but it, it, yeah. it's worth the ride. Mm-hmm. So thanks for checking us out. And remember, if you need us, we are fully booked. Bye. Bye.